Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. So ever since Kevin Durant has set the world, the NBA world on fire with his trade request, demand, whatever you want to call it, suggestion from the Brooklyn Nets last week, the conventional wisdom, Megan Triplett, has been, well, every team in the league should be considering this at minimum, if not putting together a package, if not calling the Nets to see if they can get in on this action. So I figured, and and I brought the Grizzlies up kind of in passing, I think it was last Thursday, I maybe brought up the Grizzlies in passing like, oh, what if the Grizzlies could do something that didn't necessarily compromise their core? But I wondered, why not go to the source? Why not go to Miss Grand City Media herself? Would you like to see your Grizzlies get in on this action and make a move for Kevin Durant? Here's what I want to see. I just want to see the Grizzlies and Zach Kleiman and Taylor Jenkins do whatever they think is best because I put my faith in their hands um, countless of times and they've proven me right every single time. So all I want to see them do is, you know, I assume that when like ESPN is reporting that everybody's making the phone call, regardless if you have an idea of what you can do or if you can make the numbers make sense, I just believe you just call and say, hey, what's up? How's it going? You know, like, and then you just see the conversation takes you. But I trust that Zach Kleiman, our GM, and Taylor Jenkins, like, they'll they'll make the right move when, when it comes to play. I'm just sitting back and just waiting because it would affect my job drastically. And I think it affects all of our jobs drastically to see where Kevin Durant goes. And I'm just here for a series just to watch this out. I wish there was cameras around where, like, you know how – you know, John Morant, he's got his videographer following him around. I, Kevin Durant, like, this is a moment that I need to see. Like, is someone recording what these, like, couple of days is, is like for Kevin Durant? Because this could be a movie right here. Well, because a lot has happened and nothing's happened all at the same time. What about, what about a televised special? Like, what about a primetime special with him <laughs> and a reporter of his choice where he announces it? For the world to hear, where he breaks it for the world to hear. What about something like, no, not quite, doesn't work that way? Oh, been there, no, done that? That's right. I, I think That's, LeBron James probably taught us that it didn't go so well. However, if he comes on Brother from great. another. <laughs> If you, come on, if you come on Brother from Another, I think that's a great place for it. I think it's a great spot to sit down with you and Michael, and then you just bring me on, too, and I'll just be like, the, you know, we'll be triplets. That's, that's really thing. nice of you to say. That's that's really <laughs> nice of you to say, but that brother don't know nothing about Brother from Another. Uh, and I, by the way, for the record, I, for one, am one of those people that really enjoyed the decision, and LeBron got too much flack for that. Not to mention he was a free agent. Okay. Kevin Durant is not. Which brings me... Actually, no, I'm not going to let you off that easy. Okay, so you're advising the, the, the Grizzlies brain trust. They come to you. You know this city, Megan. You know this organization. You saw yeah. this plucky, upstart, you know, strength in numbers. Sorry, I know that's the Warriors thing, but I couldn't think of nothing else. But, you know, you, you saw this group come together last year and play so well without John Morant. You saw our depth the culture around this group. Should we upset that chemistry? Should we break up this young group to get one of the top five and five might be too generous 
or oh, excuse me, too, too conservative, I beg your pardon. Should we break up this group to get one of the best players in the NBA? You would say to them what if they ask you for your advice? I would say to them, do what you think is best. That's what I would oh say to them. Oh my God. Yeah, you, have to, you have to remember who writes my checks. You gotta remember who writes my checks. So I'm gonna say, I'm gonna okay? say you do what you think is best and yeah. we will support you. The city will support you. I love our core group. Um, I never How about as a fan? Them. Okay. As a fan, I don't think I as a fan, I don't think I'm ready to like process like Kevin Durant yet again in another NBA jersey just once again. I'm still stuck on we started Thursday thinking that Kevin Durant there he's potentially gonna stay. You know, reports the Kyrie opting in. Duh. It's like okay, now they're brothers again. Thursday, that was a huge like explosion where it yeah. transformed everything. And now still I surreal. haven't I haven't really processed it all. I'm like Wait a second, you know, I it never got overseen Katie and Kyrie. We never really saw what, what we thought they could be. And let's not forget Ben Simmons. I actually wanted to see them all three take the court and see what they could come up with. But so I haven't even gone there. I just like, I'm what? still flabbergasted at where we are right now. Like I had a whole holiday weekend, um, celebrate, <laughs> had fun with some friends, had family stuff. And now I'm like, wait a second. I still don't know where he's going. Like, what is this? What, what's happening here? The clock is ticking and we're all sitting here waiting. And I'm kind of getting a little frustrated with it, but I can't see him with another jersey on, maybe another number. I don't even know. Well, it's so funny you say that because that's actually where my head's at now. You let me right where I wanted to go because I think that we might want to wrap our minds around. Let's not spend too much time processing this trade request or you know, different trade, you know, machinations or whatever, or, or different iterations of trades throughout the league or which teams make sense, yada, yada, yada. I think we might want to wrap our minds around and get comfortable with the idea of Kevin Durant remaining a Brooklyn net for the foreseeable future. And by extension, Kyrie Irving remaining a Brooklyn net for the foreseeable future because it just feels so complicated. It feels like there are way too many moving parts for Brooklyn to move Kevin Durant where he wants to go for the return that they want. I mentioned earlier that so much has happened since Thursday and yet nothing has happened. Like you just said, we're still waiting to figure out where, if anywhere, he's going to go. So on the Kyrie Irving front, I think it was, and pardon me if I lose track, there was Chris Haynes. The Lakers and Nets are actively discussing a Kyrie Irving swap. swap. Mm -hmm. And then there was Woj, the Lakers aren't being aggressive. There's that. Yeah. Then there is KD has Phoenix and Miami atop his list, but Miami, he wants the whole roster if he goes to Miami. Well, good luck with that. Then there is, hey, Brooklyn's not rushing anything. Mm -hmm. Nothing's imminent. Brooklyn's not, Brooklyn wants a, a historic haul, understandably so, especially given what Minnesota just gave to Utah for Rudy Gobert. Yesterday's price ain't today's price if it ever was the same price. So right. I add all those things up and I say, well, wait a second. Kevin Durant's got four years left on his contract. The, the trick part about this whole story to me remains that when he went to Joe Psy and said, trade me, the Nets were like, okay, bet. <laughs> right? They didn't say, well, can we work it out? You know, like, how about you, you know, take a second to think about it. They were like, all right, cool. We'll see what's out there. If nothing is out there that the Nets like, this isn't a player in a walk year. This is a player who's going to show up and play because that's what he does. He hoops and he does him to paraphrase his catchphrase. So 
if he's there, you could do a lot worse than Kevin Durant with Kyrie Irving, who if you don't want to move Kyrie Irving, he's going to come back because it behooves him to play. I know he's prone to taking time off, but if it holds Kyrie Irving in a contract year to show up and play and play well. So back to your what you're still what you still want to see Megan, which is Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and maybe even Ben Simmons playing basketball in a Brooklyn uniform. It's probably the most realistic outcome at this point is everybody just running it back in Brooklyn. But here that I'm going to play devil's advocate here because then like even though I said that I wanted to see it. If you're Joe Sire and Sean Marks, you also don't want to see it under these circumstances where you're still adding a whole bunch of drama pieces and media members are still asking the question probably every single day, every single media availability. But it's been nothing but drama for three years, right? It ha- but you want to move on from that eventually because, you, because you're looking around the league and you see what the Boston Celtics are, have done and trying to make mm-hmm. the right moves, with adding Mal- Malcolm Brogdon. And I know we're still, you know, going to see what that looks like. You, st- you still have Milwaukee Bucks with, you know, their core group together and they could still make moves. Chicago Bulls and, you know, they were a great Eastern Conference team when they were healthy at the, be- at the beginning of the regular season. You can't sit there and say, do we want to do the same thing and then have a lot of added more drama onto it, especially with your fans, your organization? So that whether I want to see it, I wanted to see it on Wednesday when the reports came out that Kyrie had opted in. I wanted to see them all come come together, kumbaya. Let's 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 make something work here. Maybe still move around some pieces, but now you've added all this drama on. on and if the reports are true that Katie and Kyrie hadn't even spoken, that is even crazier. So. I don't know if yet, you know, Kyrie and Katie are professionals and Kyrie is, you know, he's a professional, but you just don't know what you're going to get with it. Especially when you add it, when you buy an LA house, an LA mansion, like he's added on more to the drama. Let me buy a mansion real quick here. So that is a little part of the confusing. I don't know if you want to see that like that with all the circumstances. Well, that's what we think. Let's go to somebody who knows Christian Winfield from New York Daily News. Been all over this from jump. Um, Good to see you, brother. Thank you for joining us. When Kyrie Irving, when his, I won't say his drama started, when the latest chapter in his ongoing drama started about will he opt in or will he opt out and this, that, and the other, I said, look, if Kyrie's departure means that Kevin Durant wants to be moved, that may be the best thing for the Brooklyn Nets because they can just reboot this thing as opposed to hoping that they can, you know, find a championship with this group. They can get swept with somebody else for all, for all of this trouble. It might be the best thing. But what I was just saying to Megan a minute ago is that absent a trade that's attractive enough for the Nets, maybe it stands to reason and maybe the best outcome for them might just be to stand pat and run it back with two of the top 25 talents in the league. Yeah, you know, you made a you made a good point earlier. Rudy Gobert's asking price really just changed the entire game. I mean, you're talking about draft picks, young players, for a guy who's not widely considered a top ten player in the NBA right now. For for the Nets to actually pull the trigger on a Kevin Durant deal, that package has to be something that's mind blowing. And from what I've heard, the Nets haven't had that package offered to them that they'd be willing to part ways with a player uh, of Kevin Durant's stature. Uh, to your question, though, I mean, would you rather? 
reboot it or would you rather continue dominating headlines and really have an opportunity to dominate other teams we're talking about Kevin Durant Kyrie Irving potentially a healthy Ben Simmons and then you look at some of the moves this team made this offseason you don't get a guy like Royce O'Neal you don't trade a first round pick for Royce O'Neal unless you think you're competing you don't go get TJ Warren unless you think you're competing I think this team still thinks regardless of whether they have KD or Kyrie in town that they want to make that playoff push the issue is there's just such a significant drop off from being a championship contender to being a playing contender. And that's what's on the yeah. table right now. It just feels like there's just so many moving parts. Sorry, Megan. I was just gonna say it feels like there's just so many moving parts. Like even the trades that we think make sense may not make dollars and cents because of all kinds of complicated salary cap rules or what have you about having say a Ben Simmons and a Bam out of Bayou on the same team this that and the other. So to Megan's point, can the Nets, even with all the drama around this offseason, even with the trade requests, can they look at Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and say, nope, y'all are both under contract. And we're going to get us one more run or we'll, we'll, we're going to wait until somebody makes us an offer that we can't refuse for both of y'all. We're not just giving y'all away and giving in to y'all latest demands. I, I think that's on the table. It's just you're also looking at an awkward scenario, right? I'm thinking about when James Harden made that trade request from the Rockets, and now you had that period of time where that deal didn't get done, and now it's just awkward for everybody. And now you got James Harden in front of media talking about he's ready to go. Like, you, I don't think the Nets want that. And, and I think there's still some level of belief with the Nets that if you have these three you know, happy in Brooklyn, you can win games. And these two guys, Kevin and Kyrie, still want to play together. I've still, from from everything that's gone down uh, this this offseason, I've still been told that they are willing to and want to play with each other. And they wanted to play with each other in Brooklyn. It just happened that Kyrie Irving's contract situation, you know, put a wrench in those things. But if you're able to put that team on the floor, you're able to build around those guys. Uh, I think this is still a team that can compete for a championship. It's just now you're at the end of free agency. All the dominoes have fallen. What else can you do to improve the roster you, you kind of drag this out to the end of free agency almost okay christian make this make sense to me because i'm a little confused i see my space he's a little confused because even when you hear that they still want to play with each other it's a really weird dynamic i'm thinking about like high school when the, the you know your enemy's talking about bad about you behind your back and you know she's talking about it bad about you behind your back but then she still invites you to, to the birthday party and you're like then you show up and she doesn't even speak to you I've been there. So that's what I feel like, because when you hear that they still want to play together, then you hear that Katie is advocating for Kyrie to play in L.A. and Katie still wants to leave. What do you make of this relationship and how it can even be a relationship if it's any type of ship? Well, right now it's clearly a mess, right? But, you know, Kevin said it on, on his own podcast, the et cetera. As you know, their friendship is something that goes beyond basketball. And and from what I've seen from covering the team, you know, these guys had just gotten swept by the by the, by the the Boston Celtics out the first round. And you see KD and Kyrie hugging it out post-game, like, okay, we'll get them next year. That's a real friendship, you know? And, uh, sure, and, and, you know, part of me even understood it even more when I was hearing that they'd be open to trades that included both of them going to the same team that's just 80 million dollars dollars worth of cap space that is just almost impossible to move and then you need yeah. the assets to get back um it, it's tough but at the end of the day it, it, you you know the saying game recognizes game and how often do you have two players who are this skilled on the same team in nba history you had three of them and now you only have two and now if you if you end up blowing it up for for what looks to be something like an ego trip from both sides it, it, it could be bad and i and i've always said this 
I think just keeping this group together and seeing what you can get out of it is the best way forward. It's just, if you keep it together, is it going to be this dark cloud hanging over the franchise until something gets done, or is it going to be water under the bridge? I don't know if it can be water under the bridge at this point after everything that we've been through. Yeah, I just, I just feel like if you're the Nets, just strictly from the Nets perspective, if you don't get the blockbuster deal, you can't lose this trade. You can't have arguably the most valuable trade asset in recent memory, recent NBA history, and get pennies on a dollar for him. You're not going to get equal value from Ke for Kevin Durant, but you can't lose this trade. So, okay, what's their alternative? To, to both sit, to, to, to protest, to not play? I mean, again, you could do worse than running back with those guys until the right trade comes along. But I'm with you, Megan. Like, I'm more confused now than ever. So, Christian, what you're telling me is, what you're telling us is, Kevin Durant didn't say, I'm sick of Kyrie Irving's drama. I'm going somewhere else. This is him being upset at the first time that the Nets did not give him and Kyrie their way in the form of a long-term extension for Kyrie, and that's why he wants out? Not because this of all the stuff that Kyrie Irving did to bring this situation about? It, that's that's my understanding of it, right? My understanding of the situation is this is Kevin riding for his man, for his dog. You know what I'm saying? And that I mean, listen, loyalty goes both ways, right? These, these are these are good friends. It. At least this is this is my understanding of the situation. Um, that's why money I, and blood I, I, don't mix. I get it. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm all too familiar with this dynamic at play. Yeah. Sometimes it's just too personal, and you cannot draw the line where you need to draw the line. It, it clouds your judgment. But continue. You know. This is a team, even with or without James Harden, that believes that they could have won a championship two years ago had Kyrie not getting, gotten hurt, had James Harden not been on one leg, had Kevin Durant's shoe been a half a size smaller. They still believe they can run it back and still run the East next year if they are together. Now, granted, this has been so much that's happened in that time frame. You know, I still think that the Nets can be championship contenders, even favorites, if they run it back with this group. It's just a matter of, I mean, after everything that's been happening, you've had management come out and leak that they'd be okay moving on without Kevin or Kyrie. I mean, that was something nobody saw coming. There's just been mm -hmm. so much, so much uh, communication from both sides, and it's been done through the media, which has been like that's probably been the worst part about everything. Um, but at the same time, you've got Kevin under contract for four more years. Um, you've got Kyrie in a contract year now, which is probably if you're the Nets, that's the best case scenario. You're going to get a motivated right. Kyrie Irving if you don't trade him. It's just a matter of is there going to be a, this dark cloud hovering over the franchise through training camp and if so is that something that management is willing to put up with now the question for me is for for Brooklyn Nets fans it's been like an up and down you know couple years now you've got three years into this mix and June 30th will always be the day where you've got super happy back in 2019 and your maybe your hearts were crushed June 30th of 2022 where does the fan base sit with this right now as they also sit and wait and how have they been processing everything you, you know, from what I've seen from a lot of fans, they're torn, right? Some of them understand that this is a business and 103 games in the first three years from Kyrie Irving is unacceptable for any employer. I couldn't show up for a certain percentage of, of work for my, for my job and expect to still have a job, expect to get a guaranteed contract extended for the next four years, paying the max. So some fans understand that, but 
Then there's the other side of this where Nets fans remember winning 20 games, winning 28 games, you know, being the laughing stock of the Eastern Conference. And to now have a chance to have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and maybe Ben Simmons for the next four years and not have that because the front office and management didn't want to give Kyrie Irving that deal. Some Nets fans are pissed. You've got season ticket holders who bought season tickets because they saw KD and Kyrie on this promotional material. And now your team might not have either of them moving forward to next season. So Nets fans are rightfully mad, but some of them still look at, you know, the fact that this team made the playoffs seven years out of the last 10 years since they relocated from New Jersey to Brooklyn. You're still thinking that the team is going to be successful. But like I said, there's a difference between successful and being a championship contender every year. And KD and Kyrie put you in that conversation. Hey, Christian Winfield, we appreciate you, man. Thanks for the great work at the Daily News. Thanks for uh, being a part of this show. In fact, we will see you Friday. Yeah. You and uh, Ashley Nicole Moss getting certified buckets on Brother from Another. I love it. Can't wait no, to see you. Know you know the vibes. Thank you. You know the vibes. Appreciate you, guys. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt, Thanks, man. Christian. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. against that team. I mean, but here's the thing. Anybody that just got some play your team drafted some players don't get too attached to them because Tom Haberstroh knows and look it has been almost 10 years. Nobody says the same team, but not that Rudy Gobert is a Timberwolf. The only player from the 2013 NBA draft still on a team that he debuted with is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, Stroh, we haven't talked to you since that deal went down last week. We've been spending so much time talking about where's KD going. A three-time defensive player of the year is now in Minnesota moving Carl Anthony Towns to small forward. Matter of fact, Megan, I won't get your take on this trade because your Grizzlies and the Timberwolves, you know, they got like a thing going. You know what I mean? Like both up and coming teams, but you first stroke like how seismic a move, not just because of the compensation, but putting those two twin towers together in the Twin Cities. How seismic a move is the Rudy Gobert transaction? It's huge. I mean, they gave it's a great move for for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And if you if you look at the Minnesota Timberwolves trade package, you're like, why would you give up that many first round picks for Rudy Gobert, who looks like he's, you know, can be played off the floor in the postseason? Well, I counter with this. Like, did you see what the Pelicans got for Drew Holiday? Like the Pelicans got five first round picks for a 30-year-old Drew Holiday who wasn't even an all-star a couple years ago and was the same age as Rudy Gobert just got when he just got traded, 30 years old. So when the Pelicans traded Drew Holiday to the Milwaukee Bucks and then therefore gifted Giannis to sign long-term and then win a championship, that was the bar. And so what you're seeing what the Minnesota Timberwolves are doing are making a splash for Tim Connolly as, as leader of basketball ops to run it back with Rudy Gobert as the guy who's going to actually play 
center defense and own the defensive end so that Carl Anthony Towns can go be the seven-foot Steph Curry. Like, Stephen Curry needs a Draymond Green. He needs that defensive player of the year to anchor that side of the floor because he can't do both things. And Carl Anthony Towns has already declared himself as the best big man shooter in the NBA history over Dirk Nowitzki. And I think you have to think of this deal as it's not a big man. Carl Anthony Towns, you have to think of him as a seven-foot shooting guard. And Tim Connolly, the architect of that team, is recognizing that he needs an elite defender. And he just got maybe the best big man defender in the NBA to really back up the idea that Carl Anthony Towns is a seven-foot Steph Curry out there. He's such a good shooter. He just needs the defense. I get it. Yeah. With, I think it's huge. I think, you know, the, I think the biggest thing, if you're a Timberwolves fan, which you guys know that I am on the uh, very, very far end of that, but if you are just a, I'm an NBA fan. So when I see that type of move, I look at the ownership and like all these new pieces that they have brought in. And sometimes you see new owners come in and you're like, Hey, what are you doing? Like, are you guys making any changes? Are you working today? And you see what, you know, this ownership group has done and say, we're coming in and we're going to shake some things up. We see where we were last season. And yes, we made it to the Western conference, you know, playoffs, but however, we need to take that next step. I just think when he makes big moves like that, sometimes it doesn't go in your favor, but I do think that this is taking this organization to a whole nother step, especially when it comes to you're already a small, smaller market team when it comes to the city, but this makes it even just like stand out a little bit more. And when you have these other teams like the Grizzlies, the Timberwolves, the Pelicans trying to make a name for themselves, these are the type of moves that you have to make. And I'm just intrigued with seeing Carl Anthony Towns play a different position because as you guys mentioned, this is a guy that won the three-point contest last year in the NBA All-Star game. I saw firsthand what he can do, especially when it comes to the playoffs, and he's taken that next step in, as, a, as a whole in his career. I think it could be very, very more beneficial to Carlton Towns, especially when we see him take be that caliber All-Star, potentially Hall of Fame, one-day type of, type of player. Hey, Stro, um, I'm curious. I'm, I'm, in, I'm intrigued by your answer to uh, whether or not you think this trade and this big three that the, that the Timberwolves now have with Edwards, Towns, and Gobert, does that vault them past the Memphis Grizzlies on the Western Conference pecking order in your mind, Stro? Just, okay. just asking well, for Jan a friend. Asking for a friend. Hey, I hate to break it to you guys, and, and no disrespect, <laughs> Megan, but I feel like unless Jaron Jackson is healthy, and we don't know that for a few months, yes, this puts them higher than that because Jaron Jackson Jr. is that good, and he's recovering from a foot injury, and he'll be out for the next several months. So until I see him healthy and able to contribute, they just stole Kyle Anderson, too, from the Memphis Grizzlies. He's a really good role player. Uh, slow-mo is slow-mo. He is absolutely one of the <laughs> slowest dudes you'll see um, where you're watching him and like, how is that an NBA player? Because he knows how to ball. He's really good yes. at the game of basketball. And even though he's got a, it takes him like 24 hours to get a shot off, everything else in this game, Kyle Anderson's good at. So I think right now, in the regular season, at least, this team is built to be one of the best teams in the Western Conference. Rudy Gobert is really healthy, typically. And Carl Anthony Towns just needs to play good defense at the five for probably like 10, 15 minutes max. Asking him to do that for 40 minutes a night, yeah. not going to happen. But Carl Towns to be the small ball five out there, he can do that. But, man, Memphis Grizzlies are so good. They just need uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. to be healthy next year at the end of the day. Yeah, no, I'll very give nice. you that. Yeah, very diplomatic.
very diplomatic. I'm, I'm not mad about that statement. I'm really not. I know it, 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 it is. It was breaking news last week to hear about Darren Jackson Jr. because we had a whole season to see him fully healthy. And we saw the potential of what he can do when he's on the court. When he's on the court, this team is great. However, let's not forget about what the Grizzlies were able to do without John Morant. And so I, once again, have trust in this core group of our front office to the coaching staff. Where if we can do that without John Morant, I think we can hold our own as we wait to see Jaron Jackson Jr. and the status of him and like when we could very well get him back out there on the court. Yeah. Hey, um, Stroll, last week, I think it was Thursday. It all runs together now. I feel like you were the first person to be like, yo, how about a Warriors reunion for Kevin Durant? And I was like, nah, man, like no way that <laughs> happens. So in the days since then, uh, our man Mark Spears, give credit where it's due, reported that the Warriors have interests because it's Kevin Durant. Uh, Marcus Thompson, another friend of the show, followed that up with a report that the players themselves have actually conversed about what that would look like. But as you know, Stro, very complicated because Andrew Wiggins would have to be involved, but salary cap rules prohibit or CBA rules prohibit him being on the same team as a Ben Simmons uh, if he were to go back in this trade. Having said all that, I'm sorry. I still, Megan, you, you talked about it earlier with the, in high school when you got an enemy that you know is your enemy, but they invite you to the party. This feels too messy. You know, I mean, I get his business, but it just feels way too messy. Like there's just too much baggage here with this relationship. Stro, so since we last spoke and given the reports that have come out since then, do you feel even stronger about a potential reunion or are you off that? Michael, Michael, Michael. Did LeBron James go back to Cleveland? He there did. ain't After no Comic relationship Sans. more complicated, After Comic man. There Sans. is, there is no, man, he went back after that letter. Think about that. It doesn't get messier than what Dan Gilbert did in that letter with LeBron James on his way out going down to Miami and LeBron James said, you know what? I'm going back because there's bigger things than that and I want to bring a, a championship to my city of, of Akron slash Cleveland. So in this case, yes, I do think it is a messy, messy situation. And what does it say if the Warriors get Kevin Durant, don't win an NBA title, and it becomes an even more of a soap opera than what we're seeing in Brooklyn right now? That's worst case scenario. Or that KD gets hurt, and then it's like, man, we can't even trade to get more assets back, just like the Brooklyn Nets just did when it didn't work out. So to me, I think that makes a lot of sense because of the fact that you're not just acquiring Kevin Durant, you're keeping him away from the Phoenix Suns. So it's a double whammy. If you get Kevin Durant, you got him on his team, and you got defense against the other powers that be. And the other team that I think, well, we talk about this on the Basketball Illuminati podcast, which I host with Amin El Hassan. There's that designated rookie extension clause that prohibits, like you said, Andrew Wiggins and Bam Adebayo from teaming up with Ben Simmons in Brooklyn. So straight up, they can't be traded for each other, or they can't get those players. One player that's not on that list, Brandon Ingram in New Orleans. So I think when you look at the teams that are going to vie for Kevin Durant, I think the Brooklyn Nets have to look at the New Orleans Pelicans, number one on the list, because it's messy in Toronto, too, with Kevin Durant. You remember what the fans yeah. did when he tore his Achilles there in the NBA Finals. You remember what happened with them. And if I'm Kevin Durant, I feel a whole lot better about going down and teaming up with Zion Williamson and C.J. McCollum and Willie Green, the head coach, than I do about Toronto because Toronto's going to have to give up a lot in that trade. But Brandon Ingram 
and some picks that they got from the Drew Holiday trade, man, that seems like a a situation that's ripe for a deal is New Orleans and Kevin Durant. It just Kevin Durant has to sign off. Yeah, I hey, agree with Megan. that. But... Uh, I'm sorry, I was gonna say I know how much you're invested in the Warriors' health as an organization. I know how much that organization means to you. So yeah. I didn't know if you wanted to see a Kevin Durant reunion or not. If it made you throw up in your mouth, I'm sorry. Go right ahead. I don't want to see Kevin Durant. And it's not <laughs> look separating myself aside because as i mentioned grizzlies through and through until i die however i don't want to see kevin Durant return to the grizzlies i mean to the warriors only because not only is it messy but i don't like to use the word legacy that often but because it's always thrown out there what will that really say about kevin durant and i don't think that helps his case that okay if he wants to win another championship ring let me go join a team that once again were, were able to do it without me and and it was always talked about Steph Curry and what Steph Curry could do. Could he do it without, without KD? And he was. But what will that say about Kevin Durant? And I just think Kevin Durant has too much pride, potentially, to, to, to want to go back to the Warriors because it won't look – it just won't look good. If I if I am, I would be too prideful to have to go back to that team. Yeah, no, I mean, that business – basketball-wide, basketball reasons, rest in peace, uh, David Stern, sure, they'd be unstoppable again. It just feels like they don't – Unlike last time, they don't need him. Like, for as much as people said they didn't need him before, they were coming off a finals loss, okay? Flu call it fluky, Draymond Green gets suspended, whatever it is. This time, they just won the championship, and they're set for the future. It doesn't feel great. But beyond that, Stroh, let me ask you this. Just part of it is devil's advocate. Like, Kevin Durant's 33 years old. Um, he's missed a lot of time in recent years due to various injuries. Uh, he's back from the Achilles, but nonetheless... He's, he's, he's been beat up. What's the balance between teams lining up and trading picks and young players, everything that Brooklyn is looking for with, but do we really want to give that up as, as, as singular as Kevin Durant is? Do we want to go all in now and compromise our future for a guy who, how reliable is he at this point in his career? How much is that part of the calculus when it comes to these NBA front offices? Man, you know how the saying goes, flags fly forever. And so when you look at this deal, it's a lot like the Toronto Raptors when they traded for Kawhi Leonard, who was hurt, had a lot of baggage, a lot of soap opera back in San Antonio. The Toronto Raptors threw DeMar DeRozan, Jakob Pertl, and picks into a deal to get Kawhi Leonard. And you know what? They won a championship over that Warriors team. So I think that is the model that a New Orleans Pelicans is looking at or Toronto themselves is like, man, if we get this right, it's going to be an amazing thing for our franchise, our city, our region, uh, the entire country of Canada is so thankful <laughs> that Masai Ujiri pulled off that deal for Kawhi Leonard. So I think that's the best case scenario. The worst case scenario is your Brooklyn Nets, where you not only do that, you gut your franchise for Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, but then you do the whole James Harden deal and give the Houston Rockets the entire set mm -hmm. of picks for your future. And now you're just like, what for? What for? This team, the, the Brooklyn Nets won, what, seven games in the postseason with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving? Seven. That's 14th in the NBA over the last three years. That's what they have to show for. They've been swept twice with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on the roster. So that's worst case scenario. But I'm telling you, like, 
Kevin Durant is worth it. He is. Like, if Rudy Gobert is getting five first-round picks and a few young pieces, then absolutely Kevin Durant, who is an MVP candidate, who just came up, you know, he's averaging about 30 points a game. That's a guy that you have to go push your chips you to the middle. If you're Boston, for example, do you do it at the cost of Jalen Brown? If you're Miami, do you, you know, I mean, the Adebayo thing is tricky, of course, but do you... Do you gut your your core, your culture, dare I say it, for Kevin Durant if you're one of those top-tier teams that's already in contention to take you over the top? Man, if, if you're Boston and you don't have to give up Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum in a deal, and look, Jason Tatum cannot be traded to Brooklyn with Ben Simmons hijacking that situation. Look, I think you have to kick the tires if you're Boston, but I would hesitate with Jalen Brown. I would because of the fact that you got an opportunity already to go back to the finals without Kevin Durant and Jalen Brown's such a right. young piece. That's a lot to give up. But like what I'm talking about is for those other teams, for the Toronto's, the Minnesota's, mm-hmm. the New Orleans of the world, like the you team. don't have the ability to acquire that kind of talent in free agency like Boston or Miami does. So I think you have to think about it, but not at the asking price of Jalen Brown. Everyone's calling. If you're like even if you can't make it make sense, I think you're picking up the phone and calling. Because you just it's Kevin Durant, as you mentioned. It's Kevin Durant. I think anyone's calling to just 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 every, anybody up and saying, Hey, what do you think about this? Or you're just gonna take someone to coffee. Even when you know that there's no opportunity or no <laughs> chance that I don't like you, like I'm single. So sometimes you're just like, you know what? I can use a drink or two. I'm gonna go out. But it's not gonna work. Everyone's making that phone call. Okay, that's a whole other conversation. I, okay, I, we'll, sorry. We'll, we'll have we'll, <laughs> we'll have that we'll have that because now you got my mind. Right, I got my wheels turning. We'll, we'll have that one offline, Megan. Um, Kyrie Irving, real quick. Um, I, I guess if the Nets don't just decide to run him back because they didn't get the right trade for Kevin Durant, that feels like a trade that makes sense. The one the Lakers. I'm sorry. There only seems to be one real suitor for Kyrie Irving, if any, and that's the Lakers. Although. You know, depending on who's reporting what are the Lakers that hell bent on acquiring Kyrie Irving. Um, that seems like it makes sense from the Lakers standpoint makes them better. I'll, I'll ask you how better and from a net standpoint. Presumably you get assets in return for taking on that man. Russell Westbrook Kyrie Irving LeBron James who reportedly is rooting for it and Anthony Davis. Where would you place that and, and, and other dudes? Where would you place those Lakers in the conversation? The contender conversation if they if they in fact pull this off genie bus cryptic <laughs> tweets notwithstanding yeah we we looked at this on basketball illuminati this week and i think what her tweet is talking about is Kyrie and lebron 100 percent. when she says i'm not allowed to explain this like kobe might be able to I think what she's alluding to there is the fact that she would be hit with a tampering charge if she's talking specifically about Kyrie Irving and the requests or non-requests, whatever you want to say. The speculation is that Kyrie Irving wants to get a long-term extension. And as part of a deal, he would want that assurance from the team that's going to sign him or bring him in. Now, I think when you're the, the Los Angeles Lakers, you're holding firm and you're like, we're not putting in the 2027 Lakers pick and the 2029 Lakers pick, which was that was not available to acquiring teams at the deadline because the calendar flips. And now the 29 pick is available once free agency starts. And so in order to get off the Russell Westbrook deal, you're going to have to put up two first round picks and then you get a Kyrie Irving who's been very unreliable part time player 
To me, I think Jeannie Buss sees that LeBron James has not signed an extension. He's not signed a longer-term deal or given you an assurance that he's going to be here for the long haul. After he just talked to uh, Jason Lloyd in Cleveland at The Athletic about going back to Cleveland. Like, I think when you're Jeannie Buss, you're expecting a lot more assurances from LeBron James loyalty. and Anthony Davis. If you, Loyalty, exactly. In one word, loyalty. If you're going to make a deal like this, because that's a lot to give up. The Brooklyn Nets just showed you that's a lot to give up to marry Kyrie Irving with your organization because he could be just out of here. He could be gone and just not, yeah. totally MIA off the grid. And you, if you're Jeannie Buss, I just don't think you make that deal with the 27 and 29 pick. Well, I was going to say, what do you make of Kyrie buying the, the, the mansion in L.A.? If, if reports are true, Kyrie being Kyrie, do you think he's just adding on to his real estate portfolio? I mean, you know. <laughs> I mean, what, what did we say when LeBron was, was taking his moving truck out of Miami and people were like, oh, no, he's just, you know, he's just, he's fine. He does that every summer. No, that was real. Like, that was real. He was leaving Miami and going back to Cleveland. People didn't want to believe it. So I got my third eye open on that one with Kyrie is that he's looking at real estate in L.A. for a reason. All right, Dr. Strange. We appreciate you, Tom. Thank you so much, man. We'll see you next time. So, Megan, appreciate you. I don't know something you want to be... But Megan, like, so you're telling us that you just will go out for coffee or a drink with somebody that you know's got no shot? Does he know he has no shot? You know, sometimes you just gotta go. My, my, my grandma told me my, you know, I don't think I have great, great eye and intention, so sometimes you just gotta go. That's what I'm saying. Make a phone call. Go out. Free coffee, ain't bad. See, man, that don't usually end well, though. <laughs> and then you want to be saying that publicly? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. I think the decision for her to feel the need to directly reach out to President Biden is because of the failed attempts that we have had as a family. You know, she's there and she knows that we are doing everything that we can in our own strength to, you know, ask to meet with the president and to, you know, request that, you know, they do everything they can to get her home. And it kills me every time that, you know, when I have to write her and she's asking, you know, have you met with him yet? And, you know, I have to say no. And she's like, you know what? I'm sure she's like, I'm going to write him an ass now because, mm. you know, my family has tried and, and, and to no avail, so I'm going to do it myself. Have you heard from the White House since the letter was delivered to President Biden? In her letter, she says the first time she voted was in 2020, and that vote was for President Biden. Have you heard from him? I still have not heard from him, and honestly, um, it's very disheartening. Quote, as I sit here in a Russian prison, along with my thoughts and without the protection of my wife, family, friends, Olympic jersey, or any accomplishments, I'm terrified I might be here forever. I still have so much good to do with my freedom that you can help restore. I miss my wife. I miss my family. I miss my teammates. I am grateful for whatever you can do at this moment to get me home. That's part of Brittany Griner's handwritten letter to President uh, Joe Biden, which was delivered to the White House on Monday. Uh, July 4th. And with that, this is Real Talk brought to you by Capital One. 
Shalice Young, you first and then Megan. But Shalice, when you hear Brittany Griner's wife, when you hear those words from Brittany Griner herself, you think what? It's just heartbreaking. You know, it's heartbreaking and I can't imagine the helplessness that Sherelle feels, that Brittany feels. It's it's devastating. I know there are political, geopolitical things far beyond my scope of understanding that are involved in this situation. Um, but, it, uh, you know, it's and, and also when you think about Brittany saying, I'm terrified I might be here for the rest of my life, that is not outside of the realm of possibility. That's not her being dramatic or, you know, being emotional. Yeah, and I, I took the words right out of my mouth. It's just like heartbreaking. When you read the letter and you see the excerpts parts from it with her writing it on the 4th of July and her taking it back to her, her dad and celebrating and how they used to celebrate and how this just takes a whole new meaning and new life for her. Um, it's just, you just, I can't process it all. And it's above me and my knowledge, especially when it comes to when you hear her wife say that still yet they haven't heard from Joe Biden and even the the words of Brittany Griner are saying I know you have a lot to do you know to, to the president I know there's a lot going on but just don't forget about um, me and the fact that you know Brittany does feel forgotten about um, it's just so devastating and you're just like there's there's you want to do something you know that we don't have that power and that control and there is a, so much going on but you just want to see her come back home and her to feel like and her to be embraced and loved yeah, uh, wearebg.org is, is the website, and, and, you, and you, you're right, Shalise, there's a lot of factors and complications that are uh, above my pay grade. Um, apparently, there's this, uh, this arms dealer by the name of Victor Boot, who's serving 25 years, that Russia wants released in return for any detainees. Um, and there's a, another Marine named Paul Whelan, who's been there since 2018. The other thing is this draws more attention to the plight of of Trevor Reed, who was there for about three years before his declining health, um, you know, facilitated, I beg your pardon, uh, a, a prisoner exchange. Paul Whelan's been there since 2018. It, it, it highlights the other American detainees, not just in Russia, but overseas in general. And listen, let's be honest. Our closet is not without skeletons, if you will, or, or we are not above reproach when it comes to uh, keeping people uh, illegally or immorally or unethically as well. So th this is this is a this hot this game of hostage diplomacy is very complicated. I also understand not wanting to incentivize other countries to hold Americans hostage uh, for for leverage for political leverage. But having said all of that, understanding all of that, Cheryl Grant ain't trying to hear that. Brittany Grant ain't trying to hear that. These families and their loved ones. I don't want these excuses about why it's taking you so long all the bureaucratic and diplomatic reasons why after 138 days, Brittany Griner is in a cell that's too small for her, doesn't mm -hmm. speak Russian, is suffering, and, and what version of Brittany Griner will her loved ones get back is, is, the, is the terrifying and heartbreaking part of this whole thing. Because um, they're gonna go through a trial for at least two months, by all accounts. She's gonna be found guilty and sentenced because 1% of criminal defendants are acquitted and, I, and come to find out, I didn't realize this till today, even um, people, e even uh, acquittals can be reversed in Russia. <laughs> they, those can be appealed in Russia. So she's going to be sentenced. It's just, it, it, it feels like a matter of when, not if, 
the United States will be able to get around to negotiating, but that win feels like it's just so far away when day by day the grinders and their loved ones have to live with this. It's complicated, but what's the alternative? Letting her rot? No, you have to. I kind of feel helpless too. You have to. You have to hold out hope. I mean, her family and her teammates and and those of us who support her as fans and you know, you have to hold out hope that it's going to happen. But, you know, let's not forget, this is an openly gay black woman in a country that Mm -hmm. doesn't abide by either. You know, the fact that, you know, there's all three of those things. You know, she's openly gay, she's black, and she's a woman. Those things are not, you know, celebrated in Russia. Uh, Any of those three things celebrated in Russia. And one of the things that it's, you know, so disheartening when you go on Twitter and you see some of the people who are commenting about this situation and saying, well, she shouldn't have done what she did. Hold on a second. Maybe she did do what she did, but American police have been known to plant drugs on black suspects. So do we really just going to give the Russian, you know, people a, a pass that maybe they right. didn't do something and, and wasn't a set up from the beginning? Right. It's it's all it's all draconian over there and, and we're headed for down the slippery slope of a lot of the same things here. But, <laughs> you know, you don't want to just of course, it's the same type of propaganda that, well, she shouldn't have done what she did. And they could have set all of this up from the beginning because she is a high profile person and she's going to get more attention than, you know, a, a Marine or somebody along those lines. You know, it is getting national attention. And it's getting talked about, yeah. which is a great thing, but that doesn't seem like it's going to speed the process up or change the end result. Hey, I could not have said it better myself, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You spoke I felt that sigh. <laughs> well said. Yes. It's a, it's a deep, it's, it's a deep sigh because we've been asking questions now and like, you know, we are BG still and, you know, still use your voice. And, um, so Brittany Reiner's family can make sure that they know that we have not forgotten her and we are thinking of her and we're trying to do, we're trying to do what we can do. But for us, those that do feel helpless, what can fans, what can just American citizens do to help in this process especially when you're not getting the phone calls and i don't i still don't quite understand why there's chicharro reiner has not gotten a phone call or they have, have not heard from um, president biden just yet well, or even gotten a phone call from the embassy um on their anniversary there was a there was some sort of mix-up nobody was there to answer the phone at the embassy i mean all that's discouraging and all that makes you feel less than valued. I mean, let's, let's also not forget she was over there in the first place playing for four times her salary that she makes here in the United States. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, I would say, I would say Megan, follow her lead. Like, don't, don't, don't forget about her. By, by, by her lead, I mean Cheryl's. I mean, she's still fighting the fight. She is still driving awareness. She is, it's got to take an inordinate amount of strength um, to be able to talk about this publicly every day the way, the way that she is on, on national television. And so to continue just to cover the story, to apply pressure, pressure, pressure produces priority. So even though, you know, President Biden has a lot on his plate right now, uh, and she's, again, not the only wrongful detainee in Russia right now, and this is part of what Russia just does. And like I said earlier, it's complicated. I think the more we draw attention to it, the more we're discussing it, uh, the more Cheryl Griner and others continue to keep Brittany Griner's name top of mind, 
the better uh, chance or the better odds that the United States makes this uh, priority one, bringing her and Paul Whelan home. That's all I could really think of. Um, otherwise, it just feels like we're at the mercy of, 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 of Russian politics, you know? And she, she just caught in the, in the wrong place at the wrong time with what's going on with the Ukraine. Um, that was Real Talk brought to you by Capital One. What's in your wallet? Tell you what else, ladies. It also makes everything else feel real trivial. All the time we spend talking about Kevin Durant. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it feel real trivial. Like Kevin Durant getting traded. Who cares? This woman's in jail in Russia. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Well, as we wrap up the 4th of July holiday, if you thought you had a great 4th of July party, though, just you wait when you see Michael Rubens. 4th of July, all-white party. I was not there. I'm not quite sure yet if Michael Smith was there or not because I asked him in the break and he didn't say not. yes and he didn't say no. I was not there. I was not there. <laughs> I can't see you in I can't see you in the video, but you could have been there. But as you see, uh, you had Drake, you had Travis Scott, you had Moneybag wow. Yo, you had Gotti there, you had I mean I don't know how many NBA stars, PJ Tucker, Donovan Mitchell. Tyrese Maxey, Devin Booker, Kendall Jenner there. I guess they're back together again. Jason Tatum made an appearance with LMA. They're super cute. And yes, they've been dating since 2019. FOMO like a mug. I didn't get an invite. So not only was I not there, I was not considered to be there. But you were saying this in the break and you're right. We spent all this time worried about their legacy. You think James Harden and Joel Embiid, all of them sitting around be like, damn dog, we ain't won a championship. Like, what are we gonna do? Like, <laughs> they're having a blast. They weren't. We worried about them more than they are, right? I know. I know. Next year we'll be there, though, Michael Smith. We will be there live. Wait, do you really want to go with me, or are you just going just to go? Like, I don't, I, don't know like to, I don't know what to believe with like you anymore. To be seen. You just want to get a cup of coffee just because? <laughs> Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.